On this week's episode of the Vero Beach Social Media Pop-Up Podcast, we talked to Brian Cook from Unified Technology Solutions. We discussed the IT industry, how Unified has made changes to their business model, and of course, how they market themselves. Give it a listen. You're going to love it. I guarantee it. Here we go. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Vero Beach Social Media Pop-Up Podcast. I am here with Brian Cook with Unified Technology Solutions, and we are at United Against Poverty. Again, we want to thank United Against Poverty for letting us shoot this podcast here. But uh, how are you today, Brian? Uh, doing pretty good. I uh, have just uh, just finished telling you I've had a kind of an interesting little support issue. What should have been a two-hour issue turned into a two-day issue. But you walked in looking a little flustered, and I'm like, <laughs> something must be going on. So uh, it was kind of funny to hear that. We won't tell that story on the podcast, but uh, yeah. So you're doing well today. Oh, I'm, yeah. Hard, yeah. hard, worked pretty hard today, but you're yeah, doing well. Yeah, yeah, we're making progress, so I'm happy. <laughs> Great. So uh, I want to talk to you about Unified Technology uh, Technology Solutions. That's a mouthful. It is a mouthful, I know. We've uh, had discussions about that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, like I said, we're at United uh, Against Poverty. So what I want to talk to you about with Unified, of course, this is a marketing podcast. I'm going to want to talk a little bit about marketing, but I want to talk about the very beginning, how you got here, how long you've been here. Give us your life story. Uh, life story, Okay. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, once was, no, no. Um, yeah, I moved here actually. So it's funny because people always ask, are you a Floridian? And I go, well, no, I wasn't technically, I was born in upstate New York. And they're like, well, when did you move here? And I said, well, when I was eight years old and everybody says, you're a Floridian. So I guess I'm a Floridian. Um, but yeah, I've lived here most of my life. Uh, moved here with my family many, many years ago. Um, we won't say exactly how long ago, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we, um, Moved here. Uh, I have a brother and a sister, and come in later with my brother. Um, but yeah, so uh, graduated Vero Beach High School. You know, went through all the schools here. Decided uh, that I had to get out of Vero Beach, as many people do. Uh, got out, enlisted in the Marine Corps, Security Forces Infantry. Had a crazy life of you know repelling off building buildings, uh, anti-terrorism, all kinds of crazy stuff, you know. And then I always say that that job was so boring when I got out. I wanted a little more exciting in my life, so I was um, actually. So it's kind of funny story. I was standing in a at a recruiting fair for employment at the base as I was I had about a month off, and uh, standing in line for Whack and Hut Security, which everybody knows whack and hut security the jail now. guys the jail guys the, they're at the highway rest stations at the time whack and hut security had the contract for defense of nuclear power plants in the united states this is a whole different level of what you imagine the little security guard you know scratching his butt there stand automatic weapons anti-aircraft gun, uh missiles all kinds of crazy stuff that are used to protect uh, thing. Well, they were eating up Marine Corps security force guys like crazy. Oh, I mean, that would we were, make sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we were exactly what we wanted. So I stand in this line and next to it was uh, DeVry University, an empty table, because a bunch of Marines aren't playing with computers and standing in this long line. I, I, after a little while, I started talking to the guy that was over there and I ended up uh, winding over there. I'd always liked computers, but I was like, just start talking to more and more. And at some point, I wandered out of the Wacken Hut line and signed up for uh, to go to college and got a bachelor's degree in telecommunications management. Uh, did a contract, and this was actually in San Francisco Bay, you know, the computer place to be right at the end, right as I graduated, dot com bust. Couldn't find a job anywhere. Believe it or not, found a job running the IT department at Vero Beach High School. So 
poof, all the way back to Vero Beach at game. Um, did that for a couple of years, worked for another company for a couple of years and decided, you know, I um, saw a lot of stuff in corporate IT that when I worked for smaller IT companies that did business IT, same stuff I do now, um, just didn't like the way they did things. I, I saw where we could take things that I had learned from big industry and apply that to small businesses. Um, so after a little bit, I started, sat down with my brother um, and we decided, you know, we should start our own IT company. And so that's what we did. I had a buddy who was getting out of business, so it kind of worked out. I uh, took over his customers because he wanted to hand them off to somebody nice. Um, and I know you wanted me to tell this story, so that's the perfect time to this include is, it. <laughs> this is uh, possibly my favorite C-suite story I've ever heard in my life. Yes. Yeah, so um, we were sitting down, and we're filling out the paperwork to uh, to for the corporation because Unified Technology Solutions is a corporation, and we're, you got to fill out who's the president, who's the vice president. And we're like, well, you know, who's going to do this? Well, and then we got into this, well, Mike's more the business management guy. I'm more the computer guy, though. And who wants to go? Finally, I just looked at Mike and I said, you know what? You play golf. Why don't you be the president? And that was how we decided who was going to be the president. So. And the best part of the story is Mike doesn't play golf anymore. No, no. He, like, quit <laughs> golf, like, I think a, a year later or something like that. So now I'm like, hey, why don't you go to this golf tournament? He's like, oh, yeah. You have to. It's it's uh, obligatory. You're yeah. the president. You have yeah. to do it. Oh, that's great. So there's a lot in that story I want to unwrap. How much in the Marines were you doing computer work? So hilariously, um, officially, I didn't do any computer work in the Marines. You understand, this is the late 90s. There wasn't exactly a lot of computers around. Um, but I always had a knack for computers. So the one unit I um, took over got a system called ISMIT. Um, Many years ago, I could tell you, ISMT, what it stood for, I can't even remember anymore. But it was a, um, just these big uh, video discs, if you ever remember the giant video sure. discs. Sure, I, I mean, I remember. I don't know how many yeah. kids yeah. remember yeah. that, but I remember that. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it used that kind of thing. And it was a, a training simulator where you would play a video and you had these, um, they looked like real weapons, but they had comp ran off of compressed air. And nobody like everybody's like looking at this bunch of Marines all going, how the heck does this work? And finally somebody said, well, Hey, you know, Brian's got a computer in his uh, barracks room, which was, I was the only Marine in the entire unit who had a computer in the barracks room. Like there's only two computers, like the, the HR guys had one and I had one, you know, and um, they're like, well, let's get Brian to figure it out. So I figured it out and, you know, and, and played it. And, and it was great because, you can have all kinds of fun. I had the key to the thing. So we'd go out drinking at night, and then we'd come in and do shoot, no-shoot scenarios, like totally drunk. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a good time. I mean, this is going to get viewed by, like, uh, maybe a dozen people. That's you sure right. you want to tell the story? I'm yeah. sure the statute okay. of limitations right, is well perfect. over on this right. thing. Well, just, I, need, I have this disclaimer I have to give you that, you know, after my mom and your parents, maybe, you know, there might be a couple more people to watch this. You asked so. if anything was off limits, didn't you? And you said, I said no. no. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great story. So you didn't really work too much on computers, but you were into them. Yeah. When did you, uh, again, I mean, I guess you were in the Marines in the late 90s. When did you realize that you kind of had a knack for this? <laughs> I started programming at eight years old on a Texas Instrument 99.4A. It was an old keyboard that would hook to your regular TV. Um, and if you, after you wrote a program, you'd flip through a book and you'd copy these programs that were 
thousands of lines of code. You do it for days. When you stop, you either had to turn your computer off or you would record it to a cassette tape. That is literally how you save the data. And then after like 12 days of this, you'd start the game up and it would be great. There'd be a little guy in a boat and he starts going down the raft and here comes the first log and you'd press left and nothing would happen. And then you press right and then nothing would happen. Then you spend like another week until either you figured out what, what typo was in the book or that you had typoed and then whatnot. And I got okay at, at troubleshooting it, but I've just always had a knack for electronics and stuff like that. So it's funny when I was, uh, when I was in college, I took a C plus plus course yep. and I got maybe a week into it. And I was like, yep, this, this ain't for me. <laughs> this ain't for me. I'm not doing this. Uh, so it's funny. I was 18 and you were eight and you were figuring it out. Yeah. And, and it wasn't C plus plus. It was much more difficult. No, no, than this C++. Is basic 10 go to right. 20, you know, but right. yeah. Nice. Oh, okay. So you've always, I mean, obviously you've had a knack for this since you were a kid, but you didn't want to go into that, it sounded like. It sounded like you wanted to go into the Wackenhut thing and keep doing what well, you were doing with Marines. I, well, I had always planned my whole life um, in kindergarten. We had filled out a book and my mom showed it to me years later after I had uh, enlisted and stuff. But, you know, that here's my life, which is hilarious because when you're in kindergarten, here's my life is like six pages, right? Right. Zero <laughs> reference to anything, right? I'm, I'm five and I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do on 30. Yep. But the last page in that book, I was going to be in the uh, FBI or I was going to be a United States Marine. So, yeah, about, uh, what, six, seven years old, I, I, and all through high school, you know, I was in the JROTC program, and I was going to be a lifer. So, literally, after four years in the Marine Corps, when I decided, yeah, maybe this wasn't for me, um, and truthfully, part of it was, as I said, I was in security forces. Uh, it was, we were uh, responsible for fleet anti-terrorism, which was protecting uh, naval assets from terrorists. I was going to say that sounds like pirates. Like yeah. stop the pirates from well, coming. Well, on the land, it's on land, but the <laughs> okay. same the same idea. Um, but after that, two years of that, I didn't know. Recruiter didn't tell me because your recruiter's lying to you. Whatever he tells you, he's lying to you. Um, he's just trying to get you to sign. But you know, so the recruiter goes. Um, you know, this is security force. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I want to do this. In the meantime, the Air Force is going like, hey, you know, I had real high ASFAB scores because the ASFAB judges your abilities for computers and technical stuff. And so, like, the Navy's like, hey, would you like to work on nuclear-powered submarines? And the Air Force is going, you know, they got these great targeting computers and the F-16s. How do you like to work in those? And the Marine Corps is like, you want to blow crap up? I was like, yeah, sign me up. So, um, but yeah, so anyway, so I, um, the second two years, I was in the infantry. And the infantry is very different than what it is. When when you're in the military and you don't have a job, it kind of gets, they come up with stuff for you to do. <laughs> so after four years, I went to them and I said, look, I love the Marine Corps, but I got to get out of the infantry. Um, they were starting a uh, war games division at the time, which was uh, working with the old video game Doom. If you ever heard of it, Marine. I definitely played a lot of Doom. Yeah, Marine oh, yeah. Doom. Uh, was the first computer-based game that was used for training of squad tactics and military tactics because you could have uh, uh, four guys play together as a fire team in Doom. And so I said, you got to move me to that division or <laughs> I'm not moving. And I actually had a gunny, gunnery sergeant who was trying to get me moved over there. He's like, you know, sending him letters, literally saying, this guy's good. You got to, you know. And they're like, no, we spent too much money teaching you how to blow stuff up. So <laughs> no video games. For no you. video you games. You got to go blow you. stuff yeah. up. So Sorry, I Brian. said, no. And I, I put it down and I said, either I get transferred or I'm getting out of the Marine Corps. Right. So 
besides the Marine Corps, I honestly, you know, your original question, when you went, I never knew I wanted to do computers until I was getting out of the Marine Corps. And it's like, I got to do something. And you, you found know? an empty line. And I found an empty line. at <laughs> So, all right. <laughs> so, so we're going to walk through this. So you go through college, yep. you, you get the job at the high school, uh, you figure out, I, I can help small businesses because I'm seeing, uh, I'm seeing voids in the market, right? Yeah. How'd your brother get involved? Um, he was, um, while he's, um, not exactly as into computers as I had been at that time. He, he had gone to college and taken programming. Um, so he had a, a number, not just like you, the intro to C plus class. I did right, the same thing. Right. I did one intro class to programming because believe it or not, a lot of computer guys don't know programming, common misconception. Um, but he had a lot of programming, but he had also been managing a cellular store, uh, very popular back in the days. So that I guess I can say Nextel. Oh, yeah. Uh, the big Nextel. Everybody yep. in town oh, knows yeah. where the old Nextel yep. store My is. My number is an original Nextel number. Oh, yeah. It's 20 yeah. years old. Yep. But he, he was kind of managing that store out there. And so he had the management experience. And then he had became a uh, mobile data, data specialist with Nextel. So he had training in mobile data. So it just kind of worked. He had some business skills and he, but he also had technical skills and he had a lot of customer service skills. I'm more of a lock me in a room with a bunch of computers type of guy, believe it or not, when I'm let, working. Let you code for a week when you're eight and then figure out after It'll, a week of coding yeah. and it didn't work. Not yeah, going to go back and shove, fix it. So open the door, shove some food in there every now and then. I'll, I, when I come out, when I'm done and I've got it fixed, he's, you know, he's uh, more of has that customer service skill. So it was a good pairing that we could both work off of both of our um, uh pluses, positives, whatever you can call it. And um, we thought together we could provide both that great customer service experience and that great IT knowledge experience. Gotcha. So you said that you took someone else's book of business, you bought it from them or somehow yeah. you got it. Was was that company called Unified? No, no, no. Okay. This, it was a different uh, company. I can't remember. Uh, it's a buddy of mine, Brad. Um, so I can't even remember the company, but no, we started, so Unified Technology Solutions was actually started with one sole purpose. We're going to do, start online backup systems. Gotcha. Um, so we were actually in business for about a year, not doing any IT work, just trying to sell cloud internet-based backups, which is now all the rage, but at the time was like the concept of storing your offsite backups that automatically went offsite were... A completely new concept. Gotcha. And then, so you did that for a while, and then at some point, you guys got into cell phone repair, and you had a spot in yeah. the mall, and so yeah. So let's hear that whole. It, yeah. So this is a whole whole experience. So when we first started, we were like, well, and, and you know, this is a marketing podcast, so we tried some different marketing. We tried, um, we did radio ads. We had a little jingle, jingle. Don't stress. Call UTS, and like. We would pull into guard shacks and we laugh. We'd pull into guard shacks and we'd be like, oh, yeah, we're going to this house or something. And they'd be like, oh, you're the don't stress call UTS guys. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, yeah. Like everybody hears this jingle. Jingles well, work, folks. I'm telling you, jingles, jingles are where it's at. Let me finish the story. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> so Hold that thought. one thing we had done is we set up a separate phone line for the radio ads. They were advertising a different phone number than the one that we sure. used for business. So we could look. We never got a single phone call on that line. Not even a, not even like a wrong number. So we were spending a lot of money in that and stuff like that. Jingles work, yeah. radio ads don't. don't. Is that what we're getting yeah, at? That's okay. what we're getting at. I don't. <laughs> but anyways, it's part of the story because so we opened a retail shop in the mall uh, under the name I Repair IT because we sat down and we said, well, you know, 
networking works for us, but how do we how did we think that these other companies in town were getting more business? Then we, you know, we were trying to grow and be a bigger, bigger company. We were the new guy, and we're like, where are they getting this business from? So one thought we had was, you know, well, you know, a lot we've gotten it too. You get a phone call from somebody, can you come to my house, fix my computer? Yeah, 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 I can do that. Oh, we love you guys. I got a business. Can you come? fix my computer too there and I can go into a whole rant about how I think some IT companies over push themselves because they start small and they just keep taking jobs but that's not not this story um but yeah so we were talking um like we should try and get more uh retail type business in so um we invested um in the mall in starting a company called I Repair IT. And we were in the mall and we did iPhone repairs and stuff like that. And it was okay. It just as it started to take off, a second company moved into the mall, into the food court. It's still there, but I'm not going to say their name. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but um, we, it just became a mess because we had spent a year and a half advertising iPhone repair in the mall. That was, Again, jingles, simple things in marketing work. Now, all of a sudden, we'd sit around. Nobody would come in. We'd be there. We'd get a phone call on Monday. Somebody mad at us because we broke their phone. And they would tell us they had an Android something or other that they had come in on Sunday. And ever since then, the phone didn't work. We're like, okay, well, we don't work on Androids. We're not open on Sunday. It was the other guys. <laughs> it was the other guys. <laughs> yeah. So that just turned into like, our reputation was getting soiled by the same, how easy it was to say, we're the iPhone repair guys in the mall. Now the iPhone repair guys in the mall are horrible. So after about five years, I mean, we kept working on it. We had a really strong following. A lot of people were upset when we closed because we, our true customers who made it to our door got great service. Um, but after about five years, we had to make it, make it a break decision and we decided this isn't working and we decided it's distracting from our core business. You know, it's time to sit down and figure out what our core business is. Let's, we do all these other things. So we said, let's close the store, drop the eye repair IT name, keep our, go back to our original names, unified technology solutions, which we had been running out of the back of the store. And we said, but let's try the exact opposite. So we opened eye repair IT to um, get home customers and we got more home customers and we realized how much those home customers were a distraction to our core business of serving our business customers the best way possible. Um, so we did the exact opposite that we had done five years ago. We closed the retail shop, got rid of all residential customers, stopped taking any more. We had a couple that we kept until they passed away or moved on. But, you know, because we just love them. They were great customers. But we just said that's it. We did business. And, and it kind of breaks down to this. Um, when you have custom customers, you, you have business customers and home customers, business customers, I'm broke. Get here as soon as you can. The sooner, the better home customers. I need you here at 1230. Please don't come any early. Cause my dog, my Shih Tzu is getting its haircut at the, at the uh, groomers. And I need you out of here by three o'clock because I have to go get my eyelashes done or so. And so you know, we there was actually a story I tell people sometimes where I was literally sitting in a parking lot for a half hour waiting to for a residential customer that had called and said, hey, can I get there early? Said, no, I'm not going to be there. And I had, but they had an appointment, so I had to wait. And we said, no, this isn't it. We, 
this is distracting again from my business customers because we had business tickets that if I had an hour, I could have ran to the business ticket, but I couldn't do anything for that half hour because then the residential customer would have been upset that I was a half hour late. Right. So we're big fans of uh, stay in your lane. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so so we, we, we changed our lane and made it very thin and focus only on businesses now. So I'm going to start getting into the marketing aspect sure. now. You've kind of hinted on this a little bit. So you, like us, are very much B2B, yes. business to business. How long have you guys been exclusively business-oriented? About six, maybe seven years now. I'd have to go figure it out, but somewhere around the six, seven-year mark. All right. So when I'll say 2015, 2016, somewhere mm -hmm. in that range, what did you do? Because you don't have the eye repair anymore. Nope. You don't have the the residential customers anymore. What were you doing at that point to convert all your business to business customers? Well, I mean, we had always treated business customers as business customers and treat them different, which is why we found this problem of two different types of customers weren't mixing. There was wasted time and stuff like that. But what we did is we then doubled down on uh on business specific things. We invested a bunch of money in remote management and monitoring tools and remote support tools and stuff like that. So the days of, uh, you know, and I, all the things that aren't you've seen in enterprise IT, because that's where it came from. So now, you know, the, it used to be you called an IT guy and he, okay, well, um, the next tech we have available is at two and he'll come out to your office and he'll meet you out there. Now it's not a problem. What's your computer name? Let me remote in. Okay, I'm sharing your screen with you. What's your problem? And we fix about 80, 90% of our problems now when the customer calls because we invested in all these tools. Um, and it's remote manage monitoring and management. And the, the management is that we can say push software. So, hey, if uh, Windows updates, we can make sure that Windows updates are applying when they're supposed to be. Instead of waiting for the individual computer, now if the computer is unable to install updates, we're getting alerts. Uh, monitoring is the same kind of thing. It's all alert-based. So um, your computer has all kinds of information it collects that sits in the event viewer logs that could tell you about upcoming issues with your computer but nobody sits there and reads the event logs. Even techs don't read the event logs. It's always been used as a post issue. Okay, now I've got to see this problem. Let me research the issue. These tools will read that log in real time and certain events that appear in the log will alert literally, you've been there in my office, big screens on the Roy note. I was gonna bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> I've been to your office uh, many times. Yeah, And one of the coolest things is, and, and if you guys ever visit Pop in Brian's office because it's really neat. He's got his desk with your two or three monitors or four, four. monitors at your at your <laughs> desk. Yeah. And then you've got one on the wall that's bigger than all of them. And all it is is every computer that you guys are monitoring, every network, I guess, that you guys are monitoring. And there's a ticker at the bottom. Yeah. And it just, anytime there's an alert, flashes red, tells you what the problem is, and you know immediately. Yeah. So what I was going to get at is... Back in the day, it was break fix. Yes, right. That, it was that it was, was the term that yep. the industry used. Break fix. You um, call, my, it broke, my you computer's broken. My network's broken. I need you to fix it. Now, from the stories you've told me and from what I've seen, is you call the client. Hey, your computer's about to break, or your yes. network is going to go down. We're going to circumvent you ever having to have any downtime. We're going to come and fix it now. Yep. It's the coolest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, to be able to keep, yeah, you've not watched this podcast, obviously. Um, Marine, dude, yeah. I've been trying real so, hard not to. Yeah. So <laughs> now as a business, 
for instance, you're not against poverty. They need 24-7. They need to be up 24-7, yeah. right? I'm never down. No. And having a service like yours keeps me up all the time. And I'm not, you know, again, I'm not blowing skirt. I mean, this is what companies do now. But it's just amazing how IT companies have evolved over the last yeah. seven years. Yeah. To instead of break fix, it's fixed before broken. Yeah. Um, it's really cool, man. I, I think it's great. And like I said, being in your office and seeing that is really neat. <laughs> yeah, there's actually the term we use for it. So the two types of thing is, like you said, break fix. Um, and the term we use for what we use now call, now is called uh, managed services. And it's a proactive approach to IT management. It's no longer waiting for the customer call. As you said, we've called the customer and said, hey, your hard drive just looks like it's showing issues that it's going to fail let's schedule a time to copy the hard drive onto a new hard drive, all your data, and hand your computer back to you exactly like it was. You're not even going to know, except it's probably going to be faster or something, because usually when they start slowing down, um, instead of waiting for you to call me and say, my computer's not working. Uh, a perfect thing is internet all the time. We don't have the best internet options in this area. So sure, you, know, sure. you can't get fiber and stuff like that. A lot of times, by the time a customer calls us, they say, hey, my internet's down. We're saying, not a problem. We've been waiting for your call. Another tech is actually already opening a ticket with Comcast. And on top of all that, we actually have this equipment installed at a bunch of these offices that physically reboots the modem if the internet goes down automatically. So internet goes down. A lot of times, you know, unplug it, wait 10 it's seconds. It's 2022. It you know yeah. how you fix most electronics? You, you turn it turn off and you turn it back on again. Yeah. So we invested in hardware for our customers. Um, a lot of times it's included in the contracts that physically does that for them. It literally uh, removes the power from the Comcast modem, waits 10 seconds, applies the power back to the Comcast modem and see if it comes back up. And a lot of times it does. And before we even complete the call with Comcast, the system's already, oh, it's back online. Never mind. Hang up the phone. Customer's happy, save the trip, save the customer how many untold time on, down. Yeah. Why, why is that happen? So I'm, we're, we're going to totally veer way <laughs> oh, off we're gonna of go where I wanted to go with this. Yeah. Um, why am I sitting in my house watching, streaming a baseball game, and then all of a sudden, like, I don't have internet, and it's off, and then I turn it off, and I turn it back on again, and it works. Why? What happens It's, there? I mean, without getting crazy, crazy technical. Yeah, layman's terms. Yeah, layman's yeah. terms. So internet for the services we use is what's called shared internet. Um, you don't have, so um, with Comcast, which is the most popular by far around here, they just throw the internet on the line and it's there for everybody. If some wild packet comes down the line and can take a whole areas of modems and just cause them to lock up. And it's just, you know, everything, like we said, everything's a computer nowadays. Your modem is a computer. Your cell phone is a computer. Just like a regular computer sometimes just does wacky things, and the best thing you can do is shut it off and on. The modem's the same way. It just clears it out. So you use the term that I understand, but I don't think most people do, as a packet, okay, yeah. which is just information a, that's a, going a, down a line. A, a bit of data. Right, yes. So when those big packets go through the, the internet line, is that often malicious? or is No, no, okay. no. It's just different equipment. So the other problem with shared line is, Everything in the Comcast, and a lot of times when issues, we work with Comcast to really figure out an issue that's been causing a lot of time. A lot of times, so there's no checks and balances on what gets in and off, what signals get on and off your internet. Uh, even simpler than your internet, that piece of coax in your house. There's no catches what goes on and off that coax. If your neighbor accidentally plugs in uh, a converter backwards, 
it's supposed to take the signal from Comcast and send it somewhere in our house and does it back. And again, we're getting real technical, simple terms like the tech guys. Yeah, I apologize for the people like, that were actually but, entertained by what we were talking about before and have turned it off now. <laughs> um, so I'm sorry about that. But if you're techie and yeah. you have these curiosities like I do, uh, you're welcome. Yeah. So so anyways, you know, your neighbors uh Say the neighbor line in your neighbor's house has a cut in it and water drips into it and shorts the two lines. Well, it's all one giant system. So water in the system three blocks down can cause corruption of data that can lock your pack up, which is much different than business internet services like guaranteed fiber optics that you can get in other places, not in Vero Beach. But, you know, in New York, you can get a fiber optic line that goes straightly to the headquarters, AT&T's distribution center. You have the fiber in the ground is yours. The connection is yours on both ends. It's it's one-to-one. Now it's, you know, this entire system is one coax line comes into the head end in here in, in uh, Vero Beach, you know, that old place down there and what, 8, 14, wherever it is. <laughs> Anyways, I knew where it is. Yeah, you're but, not asking me, yeah. you're telling me. <laughs> but everything on that line is, so your traffic, your neighbors, your traffic is technically on your neighbor's line. Everybody's traffic is everybody else's line. It's segmented into areas, but the general idea. Sure. So it's a lot of, like yeah. a power line. Yeah. My neighbor's yeah. power line goes down, it's probably feeding me power. And yeah, your down. neighbor's power line shorts, right. it could trip the breaker way down there and shut off the entire gotcha. block. All right. Uh, back into the conversation. Back to the fun yeah, side. yeah. Back in. Time back in. All right. Marketing. So, um, so you invested a lot of money in these in, in these products and these programs to help businesses. How were you finding businesses to hire you? What What was your secret sauce, or did you have one? <laughs> we did it. Okay. I mean, honestly, um, we took a shotgun approach to marketing. We'd throw a bunch of money at one thing and maybe it would work and maybe it wouldn't. And we never really dealt with marketing specialists. If we were doing social media ads, I was the marketing guy. I put together an ad. Um, and if we wanted to do, uh, like I said, we tried radio for a while. We ended up pretty much stopping everything except just stuff that we felt good about. So our marketing consisted of a while of simply our name was on the back of some kids' t-ball game team. You know anybody? Which, like, by the way, yeah. I, as, a, as a little league guy, like that, it, that's a big piece yeah. of marketing. I yeah. mean, that really is. I think that that works yeah. incredibly well. My my garage door went down. I called yeah. Abco, who I'm not a client of mine. Didn't know yeah. who to call. They sponsored a little league team. Yeah. So I'm telling you, that happens. That works. Yeah, yeah. And we and we loved it. So we just spent the money where we felt good. Uh, we've done a lot with United Against Poverty as we're here. Um, they used to do a, a, a phone-in telethon, and they were, like, looking for a, a sponsor to help pay for the phone system. And we're like, well, just give you a phone system for the day. <laughs> we, we literally came in the day before, built a phone bank for them, provided all the gear, built a phone bank system, paid for an 800 number, Um and they ran a phone bank for a day for over the holidays with the radio station and stuff like that. So our name got said on the radio station there. Um, lots of uh, nonprofit events around town. Uh, a lot with the chamber now. We sponsor this event from the chamber or that is event from um, the Cancer Society or something from Do You Give a Rock or, you know, just what anything that we just feel good about. We try and spread the love, especially with customers of ours. We always try and uh, we have a lot of nonprofit customers and we feel that, we should definitely, the bulk of it should go back to them. But it's it was more feel-good, hey, I know those guys type advertising. I love it. I like yeah. that stuff. <laughs> um, I'm going to divert again a little bit. Sure. We're at United Against Poverty. Again, yeah. thank you for letting us shoot this. I've never been in this building. Mm -hmm. It's massive. Yep. 
They have a lot of stuff going on. Yep. But you guys have done all the networking, all the phone lines, all the everything in here, right? Yes. Yes. We actually, um, when they were building this building, um, their corporate office was upstairs from our office um, in the same in the same office complex. And it was kind of funny because we kept going to them like, hey, well, you guys, you know, we really need to talk about your IT. Because we they were next door. We knew what was going on. We had become friends. You you become friends with people in your building and stuff like that. And they're like, and they're like you know, yeah, yeah, we're, we're, when we're ready, we're going to hire somebody. Well, they had started to build this building, and they brought in two different uh, wiring companies, low-voltage companies, to do the TVs, the alarm systems, do all the network wiring, because the wiring is off, usually often a different company than the actual network equipment. And everyone, of course, good wiring companies, one of their first questions they should ask you when you're building a building is, who's your IT guy? Because we want to build it for what they're doing. A lot of people go, well, you design it, and then they hand it to the IT guy, and the IT guy's great, but you know where you wanted that printer? You never put a network jack there because you never told the wiring guys you wanted a printer there. Sorry, your printer's going over there, there now. Yeah. Oh, we've had that conversation <laughs> with many, many customers. But yeah, so um, two wiring companies went up there, talked to them. First one, buddy of mine came down like, hey, you know, yeah, we talked to him upstairs. I, I told him about you. Well, well. Second one goes up there. Buddy of mine comes back down and says, hey, and I asked him who their IT guy was, and they said they didn't know. So I, so the CFO at the time comes down and goes, well, we've had two wiring companies in here. Both of them asked who our IT guys were, and they said, we don't know. And they both replied pretty much, well, you're really lucky because UTS is right downstairs from you, so just hook up with them. They'll, they'll get you taken care of. So they said, you know, we just got two recommendations from total different people to use you, so we're just going to do it. I'm sure they did a little... You know, they they did some cross checking and, and uh, stuff, but they pretty much were like, yeah, okay, everybody told us we should use you. Um, so that's what you know. So we helped when they were doing the layout with this building. We looked at what they wanted to do, had discussions with them of what they hope to achieve, their goals, their plans, their growth. Because uh, one rule is always you can drop four lines in a in a um, in a wall when you're building the building. It'll toss you about that much just to do one line after the walls are up. It's just so much more expensive to add wiring after building complete. So I, we're always uh, like, wire, wire, wire. I've got four TVs in my living room. A lot of people know that. <laughs> and I can tell you from experience, dropping lines in the wall yes. after the fact is a pain in the ass. Oh, yeah. So, it's yeah. it's a nightmare. you got to climb in the attic. Everybody hates doing it. So um, and especially if you get a shot later up here. Yeah, I definitely don't have ceilings this tall. Yeah, Uh, yeah. everything's in (laughs) conduit. So there's no like putting it above the panels. So if you want six lines and there was only four lines slated, well, maybe that conduit was only large enough for four lines. Because the problem is everybody gets a bunch of bids and goes with the cheapest. So a lot of the wiring guys, and it's not their fault. They know how to do it right. But the market of I'm going to get a bunch of bids and choose the cheapest guy means that they need to cut everything close. If if you only have four wires, they're only putting enough conduit for four wires, maybe six. They're not putting a conduit that's going to fit eight or 12 for you down the road. They're not going to pay extra money. The the contractor's not going to pay extra money. No, 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 because they're probably going to lose the job. Um, so anyway, so we did that. We did, so we sat with them, helped plan out the layout. Um, we also then provided all the network equipment. Another thing, don't let your wiring guy provide your network equipment because he's going to hand it to you and walk out the door. They love it because it's great markup, but and my wiring guys are going, don't tell our secrets right now, you know, but they know I've told them this straight up, like the wiring companies we use. My my mom won't tell them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but, um, because they're going to touch the equipment for a week. 
we're going to touch the equipment for the rest of your life. Let the IT guy choose what he wants to use, what he's familiar with. You know, every IT piece of equipment out there has issues or problems with it. There's no perfect IT equipment, but your IT company is going to know the problems with the equipment that they're putting in and how to work around those problems. So you're never going to see the problem because we know, oh, if we do it this way, it's going to be an issue with this specific switch. So we're going to do it another way. But yeah, so we, we put all the equipment in there. Um, and we also did the phone system here. Um, we don't advertise a lot, but we do phone systems. I've told you this mm -hmm. before. Um, we do VoIP phone systems, and but we feel that the network controls the customer experience of the phone system more than the phones, more than the thing. If you don't have a good network, you're going to have a bad phone system. So we actually only sell our phone system to our own customers. So you're only eligible to get a phone system from us if we manage your IT in general. And again, it gives our customers that, let me pick up the one phone, call one company, all my technology. So we did the phone system here and some other things. We've tied it into announcements and things. Gotcha. Because we're yeah. going to have Andy go get some. Yeah, we're going to go get some cool footage the of the cool rooms. I think it'll be cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. So um, from a marketing approach, it was kind of a shotgun approach. I mean, obviously now yeah. we're doing some ads for you through social media. But um, I love the hometown kind of, especially in a town like this. If you're in Orlando, if you're in Miami, it's tough to do that. But listen, if you're sponsoring Little League uh, yeah. stuff, if you're sponsoring youth soccer, if you're sponsoring stuff that United Against Poverty is doing, I mean, your name's going to get out there and people yeah. are going to talk about you. And of course, word of mouth is always, in yep. my opinion, the best uh, marketing you can get. Yeah, and that's where our biggest thing from this day is uh, word of mouth. We do. It's funny. We, we do a lot of companies that um, people have heard of. Uh, American Icon Brewery, uh, Big Shots Golf. We've done systems for them. Um, but it's funny because the, the ones that everybody's heard of are probably not the ones that we make a lot of money of out of. They're, Big Shots Golf has three computers. The brewery, I think, has one. You know, it's it, there's not a lot there. United Against Poverty, on the other hand, I think has about 125. You know, so this is a much larger. No, I changed that. Has 125 if you don't call it the labs. They have multiple labs that are 30 computers. So, yeah, it's a lot of computers. But, um, but yeah, so our, it's funny. Our some of our biggest customers are ones that people never even heard of. I've never been like in this that. building. Yeah. Of course, I've heard of United Against yeah, Poverty yeah, yeah. a million times. You know, you see them around, but. I've never been in here. And yeah. you're telling me they got 125 plus? Not in this building. Now, okay. United Against Poverty is actually has four sites. Um, okay. They have this site here. They have a second site um, that's grocery only in South Vero. Here they provide all the services okay. in River County. Um, now, I Poverty saw a grocery is store. way more I, than a grocery store. Yes. I, I didn't realize that's what was in here. So that's really cool. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's it's a full-blown grocery store. And it is, um, you have to qualify. And I'm not a UAP expert. Sure, no, I, I, I'm not to, asking you. For yeah, that. you have to qualify. <laughs> to to shop here but sadly with what has been going on with covid and people getting laid off and stuff a lot more people qualify now sure. than, than used to but you have to qualify to to use the um shop but they also provide a bunch of other services uh employment services um helping you job training services they offer classes of how to use uh, microsoft office basics so you can get a job and they actually have some partner organizations over there that can actually provide additional services um there's a church over there and some other nonprofits that so the whole concept of this building was somebody who needs help can come into the building they can buy some groceries they can get some employment help maybe they can get some assistance with the bill or something like that this place is and, neat man yeah well this place you know, is really cool for somebody and here i'm going to turn into the uap ad because 
when we're here. Yeah, one rule. One rule I have is I learn my customers. Like, how can I preserve my customers? Serve my customers best if I don't understand what they're trying to accomplish and what their what their business is. So, but yeah. So they do. um, The idea is, you know, somebody with low income uh, that needs assistance might not even have a car. You don't want them spending two days bussing themselves all around the county to go to this department and that organization. So the whole idea is. There's a bus stop literally out back. It's right on the, the bus. Somebody can come here, park, whatever, come in, take care of all the issues. Not only the grocery store, there's actually a little um, market store over there that sells um I, I walked by to use the restaurant uh, to use the restroom yeah. and it looked like there was bicycles and yeah, things like that. Yeah, there's bicycles and stuff like that. Cool. So everything in here is uh, well, I don't want to say anything. Some of the grocery stuff is purchased um, because they can't, but a lot of it is um, donated. Uh, overstocked by stores, something's not selling. They'll they'll donate it off while it's still good versus throwing it away because it's tax right off. Sure. Uh, Amazon, they get a lot of Amazon stuff here um, that you know returns, oversells stuff like that. But that's where most of the stuff in here. It is perfectly fine. It is not expired. It's not you know some things. You know it's funny. Think, I was gonna have yeah. United Against Poverty on a podcast. Yeah. But I think we're killing two birds. We're killing two birds here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they should two, be happy that I know their two stuff. Two podcasts like and one. <laughs> no, they should be. They should be happy that they have you helping them for, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but uh. But yeah, and yeah. then they have one in uh, St. Lucie County in Fort Pierce, and they have one in Orlando. Okay. So all right, interesting, cool. Um, that's it. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's all I had. So I wanted to talk about your background, how yep. long you've been here, how you yep. got into computers. We talked about your marine service. Yep. Thank you for your service. Um, we talked about um, how you and your brother got involved. You told the, the you're the you're the golfer, you're the president. Yeah, story. the golfer's the president. Um, sure. Let's see. Uh, yeah, man. Well, I'm getting we, into skeet and trap now, we, so I might have to oh, have a corporate man. takeover. Oh. I actually used to play a long time ago, and I'm. I was talking okay. the other day, like, I can get back into skiing track. All right. Fun, so. well, let's Maybe go. I have a corporate takeover because that's what new age CEOs do yeah. now. I've got a little Remington 870. Oh, let's man, go let's shoot go. some plays, I'm man. for it, yeah. dude. There's a place in Okeechobee. Have you seen it? I've heard about it. I haven't oh, been there. It's awesome. They had a... There's a place so right here on got, like 66. I got an advertisement. My wife shows me this advertisement. This is a funny story. It's completely unrelated to anything we're talking about. But it's a funny story because we've gone to that. Okay. So, um, and it was like $2.99 for an overnight stay in the Okeechobee. Uh, gun range they included 100 clays two people admittance to the pistol range stuff like that and my wife put on there she's like uh, she had actually put it on the other side which is something like uh 50 clays for 70 bucks or 100 clays for 70 bucks or something like that they're getting free advertising from me now too and she's (laughs) like well maybe you'd like this i'm like well it's really cool but it's this is only on thursday it's only available on wednesdays and thursday i can't take a day off go to but i flipped it over i said but this is cool she's like what's this and i said well it's this overnight thing for 2.99 you get a cabin you get 100 clays she goes what would i do i said we said, I'm bringing you. <laughs> like, this is my getaway. Like, I'm just going to go rent the cabin by myself. So if you want, maybe, dude, we'll see if they hey, have two singles go, and we'll just go do it. spend the night in Okeechobee and shoot clays all day. All right. I'm, I'm in, man. I'm always down for shooting. Cool. Was there anything else you wanted to add? No, man. No, no shout right. outs? Nothing, no no shout outs. You know, Mike, hey, you should have been here. Yeah, Mike. But, uh, no, Mike's, man, Mike's back at the office guarding the fort. Mike, let me down. We were sitting in my office talking about this podcast and, and uh, you were all about, hey, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll jump. Mike was like, not going to do it. I am not gonna do it. <laughs> it's so on, and it's man. so funny because, I, like I said, I'm when I'm working on computers, I'm the guy that's like lock me in the room. I don't want to talk to people. Like you know, the guys, I'll send updates to my tax and my tax will update, keep the customer informed because we want to keep you. But I'm like, I don't want to talk to people. You know, but then outside business, anything else, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll go. I do all the networking events. I do all the. Um, 
talking. I've done talk to groups about security and cybersecurity and things like that. So yeah. Well, yeah. Mike, you, you My missed two alternate out. lives. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, Mike really missed out. So <laughs> you should have been here. So if you don't have anything else, no, nothing I can think of. Let's gonna do it. Thank you very much for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you, United Against Poverty. You got a little, you know, like two, three minute shout out there. Yeah, from, yeah hey, this they, is great. They get their money worth out of me, right? That's yeah. right. So uh, thank you all the watchers and uh, listeners, and we'll catch you next time. Sounds good. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.